Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. Well, look at that. We've done it again. Made our way through the work week, and now, here we are, Friday, September 29th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Now, let's get briefed. Today on the PDB, we'll check in on stories that we touched on this week to track their developments in what we call, cleverly might I add, Follow-Up Friday. People in the know are already predicting that Follow-Up Friday will become more popular than Taco Tuesday. Personally, I doubt it. Can't beat a taco. First up, Senator Bob Menendez continues to reject calls to resign just days after being indicted on charges of leveraging his powerful political position on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for the benefit of several businessmen and, don't forget, the government of Egypt. Today, we're learning of an interesting twist in the story as the FBI opens a counterintelligence investigation into the senator and his wife. A little later in the program, we'll dive into a concerning financial shortfall at the Pentagon, which is struggling to replace $5 billion worth of arms sent to Ukraine, with only $1.6 billion left in the wallet for new equipment contracts. And, of course, the looming threat of a government shutdown is further complicating procurement matters. Plus, we've got the latest on the auto industry as UAW leader Sean Fain sets a new deadline for Detroit's Big Three, raising the specter of more strikes just two weeks after the initial walkout. Finally, in today's Back of the Brief segment, Senate attire undergoes a transformation on Capitol Hill as a unanimous decision formalizes a new dress code. Discover what prompted this change and why even Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is on board. But first, today's PDB Spotlight. Democrat Senator Bob Menendez pleaded not guilty on Wednesday to three federal charges tied to an alleged bribery scheme. These charges revolve around Menendez allegedly leveraging his political influence to assist the Egyptian government and three New Jersey businessmen. His wife, Nadine Menendez, also entered a not guilty plea for the three charges against her. Now, Menendez was released on a $100,000 bond and had to surrender his passport, while his wife, Nadine, was released on a notably higher $250,000 bond. The disparity in bond amounts is intriguing, and we'll circle back to that shortly. 
The Justice Department's allegations assert that Senator Menendez and his wife were involved in a lengthy plot during which they purportedly accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars, gold bars, and even a Mercedes-Benz convertible, among other items. Pressure for Menendez to resign has been mounting since this indictment last week. Over 30 Senate Democrats, which constitutes a majority of the caucus, have called for his resignation. However, Menendez has remained steadfast in his determination to stay in office. Because, well, frankly, why would you give up that sort of profitable gig? Here is where the story takes another interesting twist. According to reports, the FBI is now investigating whether Egyptian intelligence services had a role in Menendez's alleged bribery scheme. Sources have revealed that this counterintelligence probe is exploring the possibility that Egypt's intelligence service attempted to gain access to the senator, possibly through his wife. Now, this might shed some light on the discrepancy in bond amounts. It suggests that Nadine Menendez may not only have been an active participant in these schemes, she may even have been the driving force behind the alleged influence-peddling activities of her husband. Menendez is a famously combative figure up on Capitol Hill. Those of you who keep track of D.C. corruption scandals will remember that last time, which was only a handful of years ago, Menendez was also charged with corruption and bribery. His response back then was in line with his current actions, meaning deny, lash out at the accusers, and demonstrate a level of indignation and righteousness that seems unique to politicians on Capitol Hill. All right, after the break, updates on two more stories we've been following closely. First, the countdown to a potential government shutdown is just two days away, with conservatives pushing for spending cuts and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's position possibly on the line. We'll dive into the intricacies of how a shutdown has the Pentagon concerned about a multi-billion dollar shortfall. And later, we'll take you to the picket lines, where United Auto Workers are now two weeks into their strike against the big three automakers. With more than 18,000 workers on strike and potential escalation looming, we'll explore the latest developments in this labor dispute. I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies 
and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome back to the President's Daily Brief. We're just two days away from a looming government shutdown slated to kick off at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time this Sunday if no deal is struck. Now, don't forget to set your alarms. You'll want to wake up, pour a beverage, and raise a glass to the dysfunction that is Capitol Hill. I'm not saying it'll be as exciting as New Year's Eve, but the upside is you, you don't have to wear a party hat and strangers aren't going to try to kiss you. House conservatives are driving for hefty spending cuts, a tough sell in the Democrat-controlled Senate, and they're even putting pressure on Speaker Kevin McCarthy's position. One of the hot topics among some conservatives is ending arms shipments to Ukraine in its struggle against Russia, or at least putting a break on the degree of spending. Now, as we reported earlier this week, a government shutdown won't immediately impact these shipments to Ukraine. The Pentagon has given the program a pass from any shutdown effects. However, there's a bit of a caveat to that story that we're learning about today. The Defense Department reports that a shutdown could hamper the process of replenishing the weapons stockpiles sent to Ukraine. You see, the president is using what's called drawdown authority to supply Ukraine with the critical and much-needed weaponry, which means that much of the equipment that we're sending is coming directly from DOD stockpiles. And here's the crunch. Despite having the congressional green light to send Ukraine an additional $5 billion in weapons and gear from existing supplies, the Pentagon has only $1.6 billion left in the tank to secure contracts and replace that equipment. Now, for those of you who don't math well, and frankly, I'm in that category, that's a $3.4 billion shortfall, which I'm told is a lot. So, while Ukraine is assured of receiving its weapons, there's no guarantee we can foot the bill to replace them, potentially leaving the U.S. short on equipment down the road. The Pentagon controller underscores the situation, telling Bloomberg that procurement is already slowing down due to the looming shutdown, with the DOD taking a prudent approach to avoid ending up, quote, dead broke, as they put it. All right. Let's head to the picket lines where members of the United Auto Workers are now two weeks into their strike against the big three automakers. And the UAW is poised to escalate its strike today if substantial progress isn't made on new contracts by noon. As of this morning, more than 18,000 workers at three plants and 38 parts distribution centers are on the picket line. On top of that, GM and Stellantis announced this week that they're laying off more than 2,000 additional workers. While both the UAW and the Big Three have been tight-lipped, reports suggest that some progress is being made. The United Auto Workers have reportedly revised their initial pay rise proposal. They're now aiming for at least a 30% raise, which is a bit lower than the initial 40 to 46% that they proposed to the automakers. However, 
It's still much higher than the 20% increase initially offered by Ford. So, obviously, there's still some ground to cover. The big question is, which locations might join the strike next? If it reaches plants producing full-size pickup trucks, the most lucrative vehicles for these companies, things could get even more intense, and that move would signal that the UAW could be going all-in for a fight. Now, what does all this mean to the economy? Well, estimates put together by the Anderson Economic Group suggest that in the first week alone of what is now a two-week strike, economic losses totaled over $1.6 billion. That's just the first week. Factor in the second week and the shutdown of parts distribution centers, and we could be at losses totaling $5 billion or more currently. As we've discussed previously on the PDB, a growing lengthy strike is going to impact a wide swath of the U.S. population. It's like throwing a rock in a pond. The initial impact is on the auto workers and automakers, but you quickly get the ripples or concentric circles encompassing a variety of sectors, service providers, vendors, and small businesses that support the auto industry. The economic and political ramifications of an extended strike could be severe. All right, coming up in today's Back of the Brief segment, we'll provide an update on a story that we covered last week. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer stirred controversy with his efforts to relax the dress code on Capitol Hill. But now the U.S. Senate has unequivocally expressed its position by unanimously endorsing a new business attire rule for the Senate floor. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and Pure Talk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value. Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundations Never Forget programs engage people in 9 
9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back. In today's Back of the Brief segment, we've got an update on a story we covered just last week. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer caused quite a stir when he told the Senate's sergeant-at-arms to lay off enforcing their unwritten dress code, seemingly for the benefit of Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Fetterman, as you know, okay, maybe you don't know, is recognized for his keen sense of fashion and ability to layer t-shirts with hoodies and, of course, accessorize with just the right pair of shorts. Well, it seems like the rank-and-file senators weren't too thrilled with Schumer's casual approach to Senate attire. The U.S. Senate has now put its collective foot down, passing a resolution that makes it official. Business attire is the new dress code for the Senate floor. And it was a unanimous decision, which, frankly, doesn't happen particularly often. This bipartisan bill, brought forward by Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney, lays it all out. For the guys, it's a coat, tie, and slacks. No exceptions. And yes, I said slacks. You could also say trousers or pants. As for the ladies, well, the bill is a bit vaguer, simply stating business attire without diving into specifics. What's surprising is that even Schumer himself supported the measure, saying, quote, though we've never had an official dress code, the events over the past week have made us all feel as though formalizing one is the right path forward. See, they can get things done. So there you have it, a little more formality on Capitol Hill. After all, showing some respect for the institution by dressing appropriately really isn't asking too much of our senators. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Friday, 29 September. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the no-spin news all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.